What's up, guys? Welcome back to HRT. I hope your week was awesome. Uh, this week, we have on Max. Max, he's been in the Discord server for a long time now. Uh, he's been an OG listener slash watcher of the podcast, and I'm really excited to have him on. Um, his story is very moving and very educational, and I will say there is a bit of a trigger warning on this episode. Uh, we talk about eating disorders, um, some talk of abuse and whatnot. So if that's not something you think you can handle, I suggest maybe skipping this episode. But I also suggest not skipping this episode because it was a really great one. Um, I personally learned a lot and Max was very vulnerable. And I think sometimes that's very important uh, so that other people, other trans people can learn and relate and not feel so alone. Uh, So just another thank you to Max for sharing all of his experiences with us uh and yeah uh join the discord subscribe to the patreon i would appreciate it and that's about it let's go talk to max all right guys all right max where are you from i'm from houston texas Houston, Texas. <laughs> yes. How does Houston, Texas treat you as a trans person? Um, I would say it depends on where you're at in Houston. I would say my experiences have been pretty good. Um, I have a really supportive work environment. Um, and I think that makes like the world of the difference since that's where I spend most of my time. Um, even my doctor's office though, and like my dentist, they like ask what my pronouns are and like what my name is and stuff like that, which was not like what I was expecting when I came out and went to a doctor's office in Texas. Like, yeah. Um, and I don't live in like downtown city Houston either. I live like in the suburbs of Houston. So like, it's even more somewhere I'm at would be like less accepting in that. Um, but I thus far haven't really had any bad experiences, but I would say that is not the typical experience of someone that's transit in Texas. So yeah, I'll say, <laughs> um, but hey, yeah. I love to hear that. Overall, it's not like there's not a lot of like people that are like educated or aware, but I feel like I've just kind of knock on wood, but I've lucked out in that department. So good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, me too. How old are you, Max? I am 22. 22. Okay. I am. I remember the first time I like actually talked to you was on Discord when we were playing games. Mm-hmm. A long yes, time ago I do now, remember. <laughs> at least a couple months ago now, uh, you were pre-T. <clears throat> yes, I was. <laughs> Dude, let me just say, it's so cool to like, I mean, I know there's other people in the Discord server that have started T since, you know, they joined the Discord and started watching the podcast, but like you were the one that mm-hmm. sticks out to me, obviously, because you're in the Discord all the time, we always talk, but uh, hearing you like pre-T and seeing you pre-T and then now, <laughs> dude, uh, I love it's it. wild. I love it so much. You seem like much more comfortable and happy and like confident in One your own skin. Thousand percent. Yeah. I'm so much more confident and happy like now versus pre T. But confidence like is wild. <laughs> yeah. That'll do it. I mean <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh how um, long have you been on testosterone? <clears throat> four months and two weeks as of yesterday. Dude, four months. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, four months. Four months is, I feel like, where, I've said it before, but it is where, like, the voice 
rops yeah and where all the changes happen but i feel like your voice has, has been deep now for a minute yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it really has i was showing somebody a video earlier i had made i think i posted it on the discord actually um and i was just like wow my voice was like really deep by like month two but like even like month three like i feel like it was where it's at now maybe a little bit deeper now but <clears throat> uh how do you are you on uh sub q or i am <laughs> sorry cody i'm on sub q hurts me hurts me a lot my very first shot i did i am but it wasn't it wasn't by choice that's a whole let's, story we get into let's talk about let's talk about your first injection please tell me this okay um so <laughs> when i first started t so i got it through queer med and they're amazing absolutely love them um and I had a really great experience with them, like A plus. I went to the pharmacy and like I got my testosterone. But when I was there, they used my parents' insurance, and I've been moved out of my parents' house for like three years. I don't know; it's not that big of a deal. But I was like, it's gonna send them something in the mail, like, and they're gonna know, like. And I was just gonna play stupid. Was like my plan from there on. I was like, they're very stick their heads in the sand type of people. Like, I'm just gonna be like, what voice change? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um. <laughs> And so I leave the pharmacy. I'm a little stressed because of that, but I'm like still like super excited. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm going to the doctors because queer med, like gave me the testosterone and all of that. But I was like, I want someone to show me so that I don't like, you know, like kill myself on accident. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was like, I feel like that would be something I would do, um, (laughs) is like hit a nerve or like Mm -hmm. a vessel and like, blood comes burning out of my leg um so I was like I want someone to show me and so I'm driving there and then my mom texts me something and I don't know like what it was about I don't remember and I was like I'll tell I'll like get back to you later like I'm going to the doctors right now and she goes oh your sibling and I are heading there too and I was like fuck um and so then I'm like freaking out right yeah it's bad luck I was like freaking out and I was like great because my doctor's office uses my pronouns and my name as they should um and I was like I'm gonna be outed in this lobby so I wasn't about to do that so what does my dumbass do I call them and I'm like hey I need y'all to like dead name and misgender me please um (laughs) 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 because (laughs) my family's gonna be there and I'm not trying to do that right now like Mm -hmm. I was like this is like my day Mm -hmm. they're not ruining it um and they were like oh my gosh that sucks we can do that (laughs) um and so I get there and who's right in front of me my mom um and she like turns around and she's like, Hey, I know you. And I'm like, yes, yes, you do. Um, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. And then, yeah, there's, yeah. Like, this is so funny. Um, and then my receptionist is like, um, Hey, like you can come talk up here, like right beside my mom. Like I'm, my mom's here. And she's like, you can come talk right here to this receptionist. I was like, I really would rather not. Um, and then this receptionist goes, Hey, like dead name. And then is like, um, did you bring your vials with you? And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm oh like, God. I just like... looked at her like wide eyed and she was like, oh shit, I wasn't supposed to say that. And then she was like, you can just come back. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, so at this point, like I'm shitting bricks. I'm like so stressed out. Like I'm like, my mom's here. Like they might've used my parents insurance on accident. Like mm. I'm stressing and like 
the lady's like, I'm so sorry. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're fine. Like, it's not your fault, really. Um, and so at this point, I'm like, you know what? Y'all just do my shot for me this time. And y'all can show me next time. Cause like, I'm not in the headspace to do my own shot. Like, cause I was like, I want to be able to pay attention. And my mind is too all over the place right now. Um, <laughs> and so they're like, okay. And I'm like, here's my tea and here's my needle. And they're like, we don't need your needle. We have our own. And I was like, okay, like, it's like, I get to keep it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they take the testosterone bottle back and they like pull everything up and then they come back in with this like huge needle. Um, I'm sure it's like an IM needle, but to me it's huge compared to like um, the sub Q needles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, that is not the needle I saw on YouTube. <laughs> 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 because like I watched a bazillion one videos obviously on how to do the shot, but like mm-hmm. um, I asked her, I was like, is that supposed to go in my stomach? And she was like, oh no, this doesn't go in your stomach. And I was like, but I'm sub Q and I was going to do it in my stomach. <laughs> um, and then she was like, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know that that would work well, but we can try. And I was like, no, let's not. <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> I was like, let's not try that out. Oh my God. Um, and so then like, we're like, okay, we're just going to do IM this time. She's going to do my cheeks. Like, that's just what we're going to do. I will come back next time so that she can show me how to do it myself. Um, so she does the shot and everything right. I go home. Okay. The next day I'm at work and I work with kids and I'm like sweating. I have a headache. My heart's racing. I'm like hella hot. My face is red. By the end of the day, I don't think I had an appetite either. Like I just was so off and I was not feeling good. And by the end of the day, I was running a fever and me being me, I was like, I work with kids. So I could just be like <clears throat> sick. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I was like, I did just get my shot yesterday. This isn't because of this. Right. Like, so I messaged my PCP and was like, Hey, it's like X, Y, Z is happening. That's not why. Right. Um, and she was like, or she didn't respond yet. Okay. So then I went to an urgent care after I got off work. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I even like my face was so red. I think that I went to my like supervisor and was like can you take this kiddo out to his mom because like I look awful right now and like (laughs) I need to go and she was like yeah 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 exactly um and so I went to the urgent care and was like look this is what's happening and I was like it can't be because of my t-shirt right (laughs) like I haven't heard of this like um and he's like nah like let me do some blood work and like do some tests and see like what's going on right Mm -hmm. and so he does that and while he's gone my PCP messaged me back and was like honestly I've never really injected someone with like that high of a dose before. So like, it's possible like um, that it could be because of that. And I was like, what do you mean? Like such a high dose, like 0.25 was like what I had said. And I told the lady at the place, like my dose was 0.25, right. Mm -hmm. Which we'll get into, like, I will defend them a little bit on that in a second. But so then I was like, what's going on? Um, Like, what did they inject me with? (laughs) And I, it like hit me and I was like, oh my gosh, they never gave me my bottle back. And if I had done 0.25, then they would have just given me the bottle back so that I could use the rest of it, right? (laughs) Right? Like, I was like, oh, my God. And so I'm kind of freaking out now. Um, And so I call in the urgent care dude or whatever that was, like, talking to me a few seconds ago and was like, so hypothetically, (laughs) what would happen if if I was injected with a full bottle of testosterone? And he was like, that would do it. and he was like do you know this for sure and I was like no but like yeah and I like showed him the message and it kind of explained the story from yesterday and like he was like I mean it could be because like your hormones like 
that's like such a big jump like out of nowhere like even people that are on like because i believe there are people that do a whole bottle per shot um not many but like for an im maybe but like you have to like really work up to that it has to be someone who's like maybe their body's not like processing the hormones as much like it just yeah. depends on the person i guess not and so weekly though right because no that not weekly no. no not weekly it would be every two weeks i think um or like once a month i don't know what it is i just know that there's i've seen like a few people that have done it but not right. like weekly um and so he's like i'm like am i gonna die like <laughs> and he's like no otherwise every prepubescent teen boy out there would be dying and i was like you're right oh, um yeah. he was like but it's just like your body's not used to it so your body's like flipping shit right now basically and so i left there and he was like you should be like fine and stuff you're just gonna kind of feel like shit like really hot hot like because you know like when you start testosterone like they do tell you like like you're gonna get hotter your like heat tolerance is gonna be less there you know you're gonna be sweaty or hungrier so on and so forth but like they're not like i felt like i was sick but it's because i was so hot too like that's why i was running a fever because i was just so hot like and it was in the summer too so like that really doesn't help um that sounds horrible like, yeah it, so it was like 100 degrees and i live in texas so it's like uh -huh. it was like 100 degrees like plus every day uh. and i was still feeling not great for the next like four days um like not maybe at that same level but he told me it peaks at like after you do your shot every time it peaks at 24 or 48 hours um is when it peaks so he was like once you get past that mark, it shouldn't get worse than that. And I was like, so it might be worse tomorrow, though. And he was like, yeah, and I was like, great. And it was a little bit. Um, and so I was not getting a clear message back from my PCP, though, on rather not they injected me with that high of a dose. Like I kept messaging and I wasn't getting any messages and I was starting to get frustrated. Um, and I was like, it's probably because they know they fucked up and they can't say it. Right. Mm. Um, and so finally, I had called them and the lady that answered was like the receptionist and she was like i have the answer in your file for you but like i can't tell you and i was like yeah so y'all did it like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she was like let me get so and so on and then they can tell you and then she was like yes um like you were injected with a whole bottle um and here's my thing like in their defense the pharmacy labeled the bottle wrong it did say one um like milli i don't know what it is but it said like uh, yeah. the whole bottle um yeah. And so in their defense, like, but I also told them I was 0.25 and I right. was sub Q, which means you're weekly. So like, and also like, here's my biggest thing is if you're a doctor and you're like, huh, this seems off, this seems weird. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you be like, Hey, like informed consent, like, just like let them know and just be like, look, Hey, like, I just wanted to let you know that like, I haven't seen this high of a dose before. I have concerns about injecting you with it. Like, are you sure you want me to do this? And then if she had said that, I would have been like, hold up. I'm not this whole bottle. I am 0.25 <laughs> of this bottle. Um, but I wasn't given the opportunity Dude, <laughs> to do that. So that yeah. is like, I understand <sighs> that the thing was labeled wrong by the pharmacy, but like, as you said, especially cause it was your first, your first injection like <laughs> yeah that is absurd wild it is wild and then like my side effects like or like i don't know i don't i don't know how true all this is because like honestly like i've just watched a bunch of youtube videos obviously but i feel like a lot of people like i work with five 
transgender, non-binary, gender non-conforming people at my work, which is wild in Texas to have five people, right? I feel like everyone was telling me that like my like stuff was happening really quickly for me, like my voice or facial hair or like <laughs> my face shape. <laughs> like I was gonna like say that. that's just, why your voice drops so fast. Yeah. Like, and so shit. I think that's why some things happen so quickly. And like to put it into perspective, um, my T levels, I got them checked like three weeks later, right? Because like that was a huge fucking dose. Um so I got them checked three weeks later and like T levels range from like 300 to a thousand nanograms per deciliter. And mine was 700 after just three weeks on testosterone. <laughs> God, fucking Hulk. Um, and that was, and it was 700 at like my lowest. So I'd gotten it done like the day before my next shot. So like, who knows what the fuck it was when I was at my highest, like, <laughs> and so Oh my god. The negative about this, which I want to say because I feel like I was talking to someone about this the other day and she was like, I feel like some people would be like, shit, let me go do that then. Um <laughs> and like I no, because it sucked. <laughs> but also like it's confusing because now we don't have a baseline for my levels. So like since then my levels have continued to drop, but they're in like male range, so it's fine. But like it I felt really like physically and mentally unwell for like the second month I would say oh, I bet. because my hormones drops like big time because I went from like fucking nothing like literally like my testosterone before I started tea was like below the normal range for even an AFAB person <laughs> like, so <laughs> like talk about dysphoric prior finding that out but dude, um, dude. you're like just like a ball of testosterone now <laughs> like <yeah>. you just <laughs> It is coursing through your veins, bro. It literally is. Um, And so it was like, um, like I said, 700 um, that time. And then it went down to like 460 or something, Mm -hmm. which is like not that big of a drop. But like, I think it had gotten lower at one point because I was having a hard time getting my testosterone from the pharmacy. Um, Anyways, but Mm. yeah, so like, it's just crazy to me that. That, that that happened, happened. <laughs> yeah like that somebody injected you with a whole fucking bot like you were poisoned brother like i literally was like, and oh my god you did not make enough of a fuss over that in my opinion i would have raised hell here's my thing though and why i didn't make a fuss is i live in texas and this is a doctor's office that is offering to help people oh, right. with testosterone and like also like my doctor isn't even allowed to prescribe me testosterone because her super- boss won't let her but she was like you don't have to tell him why you're coming in here so so like she's also like going a little bit out of her way to help me like and so like also mm-hmm. like a pharmacy was letting me pick up testosterone so i was like i'm not gonna like make a fuss over it because they are a place that's like helping people so you're nice i would have sued i got that, <laughs> I, got that bag. I definitely could have like 100 I <laughs> definitely i don't know if i could have sued them or if i would have had to sue the pharmacy i feel like it would have been the pharmacy Mm. No. because like it was labeled wrong so yeah right still though as a doctor i think you definitely. should definitely check <laughs> i think you should i would agree um 100%. now who was this was this like your i forget what you said was this like your regular doctor or was, was this queer med no no so this was so queer med prescribed me the testosterone a plus they were amazing i literally started testosterone three days after I spoke to them. Um, and my experience with them was great. Um, and 
I just wanted assistance on like putting the shot in. Like, like I said, I've watched a thousand videos on YouTube on how to do it, but like, I was just like, I want assurance. Um, yeah. And so that's why I went to my PCP, like my general practitioner doctor. And it wasn't even her that technically injected me with the shot. It was like one of the nurses there that did it. Um, and she felt awful. Like she apologized to me next time she saw me. And I was like, it's like no hard feelings. Like, um, How but, do you like, apologize for like poisoning somebody? <laughs> that is wild. Yeah, it is a little wild. Damn. Um, and you're just like, it's okay. Yeah. It's fine. Was, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I thought I was dying there for a second, but it's okay. <laughs> um, okay, so now you're you're with Queer Med, right? And you do your own injections? Yeah. yeah, so after that, I was like, I'll just do it myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> was just another motherfucker I, ever. I work with, like, I worked with, like, a few trans guys at the time, too. So I was just like, hey, can one of y'all come over and, like, <laughs> guide me through this? And he go. was like, I got you. Um, cool. And so that's what we did. And I videoed that time. Because the first one, I was going to video it. But, like, <laughs> no, I was stressed. I was like, this isn't <laughs> yeah. fun. <laughs> now, let's talk about surgeries a little bit. Top surgery, You do you want it? Have you gotten it? Yes, I want top surgery. I have not gotten top surgery. I started two jobs a few months ago to try to save for top surgery, mm-hmm. but that was too much. Um, so, like, I want top surgery, but money. So, yeah. it is not in the cards right now, but one day it will definitely eventually happen. I don't really have, like, a timeline for that yet, but I definitely – I that's, like, my biggest thing that I'm, like, I need. I want top surgery. Um, I think I feel the same way about bottom surgery that you and a few other people have said, like – I'm not saying this for isn't there, but will I do anything about it? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like so relatable. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I feel like my like top dysphoria is a lot worse personally. So like, and I have ways around that. Like I use tape and that really helps alleviate like trans tape is like my favorite thing ever. Okay. So when did you come out as trans? <laughs> I have a really roundabout question, answer to this. <laughs> um, so... I came out as trans to some of my friends in like June of 2023. So like not that long ago. Um, I don't know how many months ago that is. Maybe six. I'm not six. sure. Yeah. Um, I'm right. Okay. Love that. Um, and then at work publicly in July of 2023, 2023. And then my kids at work and parents didn't know till August, beginning of August. That was like a process. So yeah, like basically over the summer to August essentially is when I came out to everybody else, mm-hmm. at least. And what about your family? Were they in that? My mix? family. Yeah. Um, they didn't find out till I didn't tell them actually. They just kind of found out. <laughs> um, <laughs> so nice. yeah. So like I said earlier, I was just gonna like, kind of play stupid and be like head in the sand like because that's what they're like like i was like i'm just gonna be like what voice change like what facial hair i don't know what you're talking about um (laughs) and it's a funny story because how they found out so like they found out in august and um which is like they found out a week after i started testosterone too so when we had like this conversation that we ended up having um i was like four days five days after like my actually it was probably more like six or seven days after like my mega dose so i still wasn't feeling like lovely um <laughs> so I was like I'm really not in the mood for this conversation right now guys yeah, um but they found out so I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will know who no offense is um <laughs> and I love him I watch him on YouTube I like his music um I showed my mom a haircut 
like his hair or something was like, I think I'm gonna grow my hair out to like that, right? Which keep in mind, I've had like this hair for like three years. So like, I already had like a men's haircut or whatever. Like, um, but she showed the picture of my dad and my dad was like, that looks like a men's haircut. Like, yes, sir. Cause it is, but like, <laughs> no shit. <dog. laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and then that's what made them question it. But the funny part about that is, is before this, like I was already wearing men's clothes. My hair was how it is now. My mom knew I used binders and trans tape. Like she knew I used trans tape and that it was called trans tape. Um, <laughs> but none of that made them question <laughs> me being trans. It was the haircut. Wow. So that's how they found out. Um, and they're not supportive. <laughs> That's not fun. I'm sorry. You say no. it with a smile. They're not supportive. <laughs> I smiling is a coping mechanism. So I, um, I get it. But they're um, but they're not supportive. My mom is trying now, but like my dad is like very much. I feel like several people have come on here and say this. He's like, "You'll always be our daughter." Blah 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 blah. Like, and I'm just like, "You can stop talking now." Um, like, shut up. <laughs> Yeah. In all due respect. Um, yeah, just like all due respect, like just stop talking. Um, and my mom though, she I don't know, she goes back and forth because sometimes where I'm like red flag. Um, my dad's just like a red flag across the board. Um, but my mom's like been trying, so like I don't know, like um, and so like she like she'll apologize if she dead names me now. Um, and she's just being neutral, so she's not using my name yet, but she's being like neutral. So I'm like, I'll take it. Like that's like. The bar's on the floor, but, like, at least you're hitting right. the bar that's on the floor now. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> um, so, like, she's just not using any pronouns or any name. Mm. Um, but she's – at least she's not harming me. So, like, right. yeah. My dad, on the other hand, like, dead names me every second he gets. And I'm just like – I won't respond to it, though. Um, that's, like – I don't know. That's the least your dad can do is just, like, not use pronouns or your name. Just be like, hey, kid. Yeah. That's what my dad did for, like, five years, and he's just now – like starting to know that's what i'm saying like there's so many things he could say that and it, it feels like it's in spite because like he used to say like who goes there i don't know like random little like quirky things you know and now it's like always the dead name like oh always. it's fully and i'm like you can them. use yeah i was like you could use so many other things like phrases you could try but he's like i can't in the name of god i feel like i'm sinning by doing that <laughs> and i'm like okay are they yeah are they religious or very um my mom works in a church and my dad's like the deacon at a church <laughs> oh wow <laughs> yeah and oh, i mean he wow. doesn't work my dad is like an engineer but like he is a deacon though at the church and like i was forced to go to church like all my life like church camps and whatnot and that jazz church um, camps yes every summer now how <laughs> how do you like view religion now has it changed your perception on it? I would say a few years ago, I definitely viewed it all as negative and like in a negative con connotation. I think now I don't. I think that my parents and people like my parents are using religion as an excuse to just like hate on people. Cause I mean, obviously I went to church for like a long time um, against my will. Um, yeah. So like, I, I know like stuff that they've learned and I'm like I feel like if anything like the bible or whatever is saying like the exact opposite so I don't know I don't think that it's like awful anymore I used to be like fuck religion and just like people who are religious and like that because like that was my whole experience like right. but then like at my work currently like 
I'm very supported by like pretty much every single person at my work minus like maybe give or take a few people that I'm unsure on but like everyone else is super supportive that's like 60 people that's a lot of people um yeah and so like I'm like okay yeah like people can be religious and be supportive it's just my parents making a choice there so now I'm like pretty chill about it um now I'm just like Mm. you do you as long as you're being kind to people like Right. And you said that what you want to believe. You said that perfectly. Like it is, it's 100% a choice that they're Mm -hmm. not supportive because like I have religious family too. Like if you love somebody and I'm not saying your parents don't love you, I know they love you, but like it's, it's a choice to be transphobic. It definitely is a choice. 100%. Uh No, I know. And they're like, they would say like, we just need to extend us a grace. And I'm like, the bar is on the floor. Like, I don't, what what else am I extending? Like I'm already like I'm not at the time like I wasn't correcting them, and like I was just asking them to be fucking neutral. Like that is my only ask was for them to be neutral, and they were like it's too hard. And so I was like, okay, then like you don't want me at Thanksgiving. Like if you're not going to hold space for the person I am, then I'm not going to come to Thanksgiving. Like, and how have they reacted to those boundaries that you set when you're not there for holiday stuff? <laughs> for Thanksgiving, they kind of like. Well, so my dad messaged me and was like, hey, dead name, your mom said you didn't want to come over for Thanksgiving. And I was like, that's not what happened. <laughs> um, I said that if I had come over, that I wanted to be like respected and cared for and like that I wanted to spend time with people who were going to hold space for me. Um, and if y'all aren't willing to do that, then I was going to spend it with other people. Um, so I was like, I didn't say I didn't want to come. This is different. <laughs> um, and so then I sent them a message, right? And then they never responded back to my message. So I didn't go to Thanksgiving. Um, and then they were peeved because the next day they both texted me and were like, happy Thanksgiving, love you. And I was like, I didn't respond because I was like, you mm-hmm. literally ignored my message. And also like it's Thanksgiving and you're choosing not to have your child there because you don't want to be neutral. Like, like it's not a big ask. So like, like, like that's y'all's choice that y'all made. Um, so I don't think they were, they weren't happy that I wasn't there, but like that was a choice they made. So I had like, um my friend Aaron from the discord he came over and we like hung out um and had a great time it's all about Um, family at the end of the day exactly and then Christmas we had like a huge conversation before Christmas because I like reached out to them I was like look let's figure out how 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 we can make sure that Christmas is enjoyable for both of us right being the bigger person that I am Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and so I did that and like we had a conversation and my dad was like awful um like what I said earlier, but like more, um, and just kept saying like, oh, I just can't because it's in, it's too hard. But like my mom, like for like the first time ever, and I think her whole life was like, said something separate and different than my dad and was actually like, I think I can do that. I can be neutral. Like, um, cause I told them, I was like, y'all can take like Christmas gifts back. Like I'm not, <laughs> I don't care about the gifts. Like use my name and pronouns. That's all I care about. Like, or I won't be there. Um, and then my mom was like, Here we're not know. taking your gifts back. And your, my mom was like, I didn't write your dead name on them. Um, and was like i would like for you to at least come hang out with me and so that's what i did um and like she's making an effort so i was like i'm okay with that but i looked at my dad and was like i'm not coming for you though like so like i didn't go to christmas on the holidays um but i did go over like the monday before christmas um and i went there but yeah so i mean they did good with it i mean they weren't like I mean, I don't know how they actually feel about it when I'm, like, not there. But I was, like, I don't know. I set a boundary. And, like, mm-hmm. I think that's helped me a lot, too, in a lot of ways. Like, just respecting my own boundaries. So, You go to therapy, Max? <laughs> yes, I do go to therapy. Can you I tell? I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> you're, Thank you. You're very good at setting <laughs> boundaries. I am proud of you. 
and I'm sorry Thank that you. your family sucks. <laughs> like Facts. that that's a really hard thing to go through, especially during the holidays. And I know there's probably many trans people out there, probably many who are listening that have probably mm-hmm. gone through the same thing around Christmas and Thanksgiving I'm sure and stuff. There is. Yeah. And honestly I think Oh, talk. No, go ahead. I don't even know where I was going. With it. <laughs> um, I was going to say, like, honestly, I think, like, especially with, like, the holidays, like, I think that sets a really big boundary because I feel like in general situations, they can be like, oh, like, he's just coming over less because X, Y, Z, or, like, they can, like, put it off, like, excuse and stuff, you know? But, like, the holidays, it's like, oh, he's for real. Like, he's not playing around. But also, like, not even that, but from my standpoint, like, honestly, like, even besides, like, the standpoint of like being trans too but like also like my relationship with my family is not great for a lot of other reasons too mm-hmm. so like that said like this was like i would say the first time i actually spent holidays with people who like made me feel comfy in general like trans related and just overall so like i think honestly sometimes it can be better to just be away from your family for the holidays and spend time with people who your chosen family i so. think so too 100 percent. i you know Family means nothing if there's not love and respect there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. I don't know. Yes, I think it's 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 definitely has to be heartbreaking not spending uh, the holidays. Oh, definitely. I'm not saying it didn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It, I'm sure it was heartbreaking, but at the end of the day, I bet you had a better holiday. Not being oh, yeah. misgendered. I literally shit. spent Thanksgiving with like one of my besties, and then Christmas with my girlfriend the whole time. So that was amazing. Great. So yeah. <clears throat> That's wild to me. You say it, you say it's mostly religion for them, right? Like mostly that's. Yeah, I think so. I mean, because like my dad at like the end of our conversation, because I'd said something about like everyone else in my life is able to do it, but y'all, like, y'all are literally like the only people. Like, mm-hmm. um, like my coworkers, the kids, like a three year old understood how my like my name change in pronouns within three days. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you cannot say it's that hard, um, mm-hmm. and. Oh, where was I going with that? Um, oh, and he was like, well, we don't want to be like the rest of the world. <laughs> and I was like, okay, dad, like. <laughs> oh, you're so woke. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. We want to be like the rest of the world. It's just, like, wild to me because, like, imagine uh, caring about, like, something that you have no proof of, a book even, more mm. than your own kid. Like, that's just, that's wild to me. I don't know how people navigate their lives like that. And I think it's yeah, I don't know. sad. And it's sad. <laughs> and, you know, they will 100% regret their actions one day. If Because if they don't I come agree. around, if they don't come around, you won't be there. And that's what I've said. I've said, like, I don't want y'all to wait so long that you've lost me by the time you come around. Um, and I think that's my mom. I think she's understanding that because me and my dad have never been close for a mm-hmm. lot of reasons. So like, I didn't even talk to him that much anyways, but like when I set boundaries, like when my mom wasn't using my pronouns and stuff at first or like dead name me a lot or like just wasn't even trying, I like had stopped talking to her for a few weeks and like we used to talk more often and she definitely, she noticed it. Like, mm-hmm. um, and so I think to her, that was like kind of a wake up call, like, oh shit, like. I could lose him if I'm not like being respectful or like, and it's like, yeah, you could, like, I don't want that, but like, I have to protect myself first before y'all, even if like, I'm like, oh, I don't want to lose this relationship, but like, I have to do what's best for me at the end of the day. So, yeah. I mean, like, 
I don't know. And you think like people who have lived longer than you and like have seen more of the world than you can understand like you're gonna do mm-hmm. what's best for yourself, especially when you're over the age of eighteen. Like Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. And it's not like it just happened overnight either. Like Right. You said that you've had the haircut <laughs> for a long time now and like you're you know Yeah. Like like there were strides like slowly towards it to hint at them. Like, you know, like be cutting off my hair, changing my clothes, like talking to my mom about like I specifically told her it was trans tape for a reason. I was trying to hint, like, right. like hey, <laughs> I'm wearing fucking trans tape. Like, what does that mean? Let's use our context clues. Um and she even said she was like, I think I knew then, but like was just like in denial. I was like, Yeah, yeah probably. It's choosing um, to not see it in a way, yeah. Yeah. I mean at least, at least your mom seems like she's she's coming around. I hope that yeah. she continues to and like me too. Is more with it. So, <clears throat> how about work then? I want to talk more about the, okay. the kids and how. I'm also excited it. to talk about my work. Um, so coming out at work was honestly like a really great experience. I think that I am extremely privileged and lucky to have had the experience that I had um everyone was super loving accepting encouraging even like and i started there like i worked there for nine months using she her pronouns and my dead name before i like had said something which also was because like i wasn't entirely consciously aware um fully Mm -hmm. at that point um and yeah so like in the beginning well i guess it kind of goes back to how i got there was with oliver i'd mentioned earlier um like after seeing like some representation finally in my life, I was like, oh shit. Like that's kind of when I realized I was trans Um, was when one of the guys started working at my work and I like saw that and was like, oh my gosh, this is possible. Like I live in Texas, but like, this is possible. So I was in like February. Um, And so like over the summer, like beginning of the summer, I started talking to like some people by word of mouth, like, or my my people outside of work kind of knew. Um, But like, I kind of like it was bothering me at work that people were like she hurting me and like that naming me but they didn't know so like what were they supposed to do with that information um i just would start kind of being like actually i don't use that <laughs> i just like slowly started telling people being like actually i mm-hmm. i i don't use that like outside of here and i'd like to like that to be here mm-hmm. um but we have a lot of people at our work and so i was like i need to like talk to my clinical director and be like look like how do i tell everybody at once like because this is not going to work but i was like nervous about it obviously mm. um and I was talking, I was like really confident one day and I was talking to like my work bestie and I was like, I might do it. Like I might like message her today and be like, look. Um, and she was like, if you're feeling froggy jump and like, that's my favorite thing ever. Um, and so like, I was feeling froggy. So I jumped. And so I messaged my clinical director and was like, look, like I use they, them pronouns, like, duh, 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 like, and she was super supportive. Like she was like supportive of however I wanted to do it. Like if I wanted to do it by word of mouth or if I wanted to send a chat out and I chose chat out because like it would take forever to tell 60 people by word of mouth. And that just seems really uncomfortable. I mean, it's still uncomfortable to chat out and be like, Hey guys, I'm going by the end now. Mm-hmm. Bye. Um, but I did. And everyone was like super supportive, like sent a bunch of like gifts and memes and okay. like emojis, like, and whatnot. Um, and then like, like, I think like a week later I was like, actually, it's not they them it's he him like I literally only think it was a week or two that I was like I'm not binary I think I just needed like a segue into it mm-hmm. um I think that I didn't it took me a few weeks to still like because I'm like 
that was more complicated because at this point, like I had tried out names and he had pronouns with friends outside of work and was like, okay, yes, I know that this is who I am. This is what I want. This is what makes me feel comfy. Like that's just like a harder one to broach because like the kids can hear everyone just like saying my dead name with, with like no pronouns before it basically was what they were doing. Um, so like they weren't saying miss or mister cause like they, them so on so forth. Um, but like changing my name and like what's before my name and stuff like I didn't know like how that was going to go down with parents with kids and that that stressed me out and so I waited a little bit and then I finally was like I can't do this anymore like (laughs) can I hear this anymore like and so I like pulled a meeting with my clinical director and my supervisor and was like look I use Max outside of work I use he him outside of work like I would like that to move into the workplace um that's what makes me feel comfy it's who I am um and they were really supportive and I was just like I just don't know how that looks with parents and kids um my clinical director was super supportive. Um, she like gave some guidance on like how it would go. Like, so how it went was like my super, there's me. I work on a like team with like seven other technicians, therapists. And then there's like the BCBA, which is like my supervisor. And then there's a clinical director. Um, so my BCBA is the one, she does like family guidances with parents and stuff like that. Um, I'm not in those cause I am not qualified for that. <laughs> um, I work with the kids directly though. Um, and so she would have to be the one to talk to the parents. And they were like, you can sit in if you want. And I was like, no, like, that's just like, cause the way I view it is like, if a new person started there, they wouldn't sit in for you to tell them just for you to be like, this and so-and-so their name is this, like, that would be weird. So it would be weird for me to just come in randomly and sit in there and be like, it would just kind of be me on display. Like it's weird. Right. And so they're like, that's totally fine. You don't have to do that. And so basically as she had family guidance with those parents, like kids, parents were informed over like, it was supposed to be a two week period. It lasted like a month and a half. It lasted a little bit longer than it should have, to be honest, but um, to tell all of the parents, like seven, seven, seven parents. Um, and once all of the parents knew, then it was like, okay, everyone at work can call you this now. Because if my coworkers were all calling me Max and he, him, Mr. Max, whatever, um, and then like maybe like two of my kids know so they are but then the other three don't know and they're con- it's just can that be confusing for like the kids yeah <laughs> specifically yeah. and like yeah. also parents if they didn't know yet so we had to wait till everyone knew um and once all the parents know knew they just like came in the next day so like that following monday after like that month long period or whatever yeah. like my first kiddo came in and the parent was like have a good morning with max like um and like the kid heard it and the kid kind of looked at me the specific kid and he was just like what and like but then like he was super chill about it and then like all of my kids were I mean they just learned by hearing so like you know they people would be like have a good morning with Max or like Mr. Max is your next teacher they see my name like they have a we have a bulletin board in the front um and it has like our faces and our names and they could see it says Max there it says Max on the schedule like um and so they just heard it and honestly, like they took it so well. Like I was not giving them enough credit beforehand when I was like worried about like if it was gonna be too much for them or too hard or like mm-hmm. whatever. And it really wasn't. Um I definitely get the fear though, like in today's mm-hmm. climate, you know, to talk about training yeah, people literally. and kids. Like I I definitely I get why you were scared to do it. But yeah. And I like I th- you know, Nate and I talked about it in his episode, because uh, he works with kids too, and mm-hmm. it was like kids kids don't care and they'll get it as if you're just straight with them like just tell it how it is and give them a fist bump and move on like 
exactly what I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so like my, so I work with like autistic kids. So I work with them one-on-one. So I work with like various ages. So like my youngest was three and the oldest was seven. Um, and also like my concern was like ethics, like how do I explain this to parents or kids without like crossing a boundary? Cause like HIPAA and like it is a therapeutic setting and like mm-hmm. all that jazz. And also like Texas does have laws around like what you can say around certain stuff in schools. And like, we're technically a medical considered a medical setting, not a school, but still like it is a school type setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, that was a concern. So like my oldest kid, like how I broached it. Cause like, the pronouns, like, I feel like I wouldn't have to broach as much, but, like, honestly, like, one of my kids called me he beforehand half the time anyway, so, <laughs> like, he'd be, we'd be reading a book, and there'd be, like, a guy with curly hair, brown hair or something, and he'd be like, that's you, um, that's and true. I was like, thanks. Yeah, that's... <laughs> um, and so, the oldest kids, I would say, like, I explained maybe a little bit more, like, all I did was, like, my oldest, I was, like, he's seven, and I was, like, hey, like, I want to talk to you about something, and he was, like, okay, like, cool, and so, like, he comes sits over by me and I was just like, Hey, so like, my name's like Mr. Max now. Um, and he was like, are you picking on me? Like thinking like I was pulling a joke or something. I was like, no, I'm serious. And I just like, I showed him like our like schedule or whatever. And it said like Max on it. Um, and he was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, hi Max. I like your name. And I was like, I will cry right now. Like, and it was so wholesome. And he was so excited. Like all session, he just kept calling me Mr. Max. Like a lot of my kids don't use people's names and sentences and stuff like mm-hmm. in general like it's part of why they're there like um but like he was like using Mr. Max like all the time because he just really liked it and he thought it was so cute and like I'm like I feel like some of my kids like my name as much as I do like and that's just like wholesome I'm but like high. it was like I know and then like <laughs> and then it gets cuter because like two months later um I was like playing robots with him on the floor or something and he was like oh my gosh, I see it now. It was like all up in my face. And I was like, like, what do you see? Like, I thought I had food on my face or something. And then he was like, your mustache, you're a real boy. <laughs> and I was like dying. It was so funny. He was like, you're, you are a boy. And I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> Thanks for the confirmation. Um, oh, but it was so, so cute. Freaking pure. Like I, right. He probably has no idea. Like, how testosterone no. or hormones work like they don't know about any of that they just they saw a boy and they said it out loud that's mm-hmm. uh, yeah and like his dad has like a little mustache so i feel like he was like probably beforehand he was like where's your mustache though like <laughs> you know where is that <laughs> like, you're missing something yeah. like <laughs> i know could you imagine he totally would have like said something like that too um <laughs> and so that was like the cutest thing ever but even like um my another kiddo that I work with that's five um he was like um he's like he's not a fan of change which neither am I so like valid (laughs) um and he like really likes letters and stuff like that um Mm -hmm. and he was like obsessed with my name like before I changed it too um and so I was a little worried that he was like maybe not gonna love that I was changing my name um and he loved it so much like he made me a bracelet hold on I'm wearing it right now um that says max on it um and like um he just like writes my name down all the time because he just thinks it's such a cool name like 
he, every time he sees me in the hallway, he's like, hi, Mr. Max. Hi, Max. Hi, Mr. Max. Um, uh, it makes me so happy. But yeah, he made me that bracelet. And like his mom had to have helped him make the bracelet. And all the parents were like, I would, that I know of, none of them have been like problematic. Like from my mm-hmm. few, con- like I only talk to them when I drop the kids off or pick them up. Um, but when I do talk to them, they're like, they use my pronouns, they use my name. Like they haven't changed how they talk to me um, mm-hmm. or anything. So like, honestly like they all feel pretty supportive i'm sure there's got to be at least like one parent that doesn't agree because like we live in texas like (laughs) but but they at least don't act like it period but like even so even if they have a problem with it they're not like being they're clearly not no and that's all you can ask for yeah that's all you can ask for at the end of the day exactly like you don't have to agree with my choices i guess but it's not a choice yeah. but like you don't have to agree with my choice yeah. don't be fucking rude like you know what I yeah, mean? yeah exactly um and even a three-year-old like there was a three-year-old on our team that i didn't work with as much um but she got my name after like three days of hearing people say my name um so like i'm just like when people are like it's too hard like the longest like i would say the kid i just talked about was five like slipped up and said like the dead name if you touch which i didn't Obviously, I'm not here correcting kids. Like, and I told parents that too. Whenever like it did change, I was like, I'm not gonna be like correcting your kid if they're like fucking it up. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, um, like that's not like it's the least of my concerns. Um, yeah. so like, but none of them did. Like, he did a few times, and then he just like fixed it himself. He was like, wait, no, that's not right. You know, like the three year old. I remember like after like three days, she looked at me and she was like, gonna ask me for help, and she was like pause and she like looked at me and she was like max can you help <laughs> like she was like thinking really hard and it was cute but like when people say it's too hard i'm like i work with kids and i had a three-year-old a five-year-old a four-year-old a seven-year-old a six-year-old and they were all able to like get along with the change there wasn't in-depth conversations i think one of my kids that asked a lot of questions was like but why and i was just like that's just my name now like there is no why like mm-hmm. because like can't like it until i'm not gonna be like well i'm trans and i'm a boy and i don't like this like um but like yeah so and that's that's how it goes like i wish the world could listen in like the entire Uh world could listen into this conversation right now and realize that is the extent of like what trans people like what trans people tell kids about exactly like it's not i'm not like yeah so like i hate my chest and i want (laughs) to get like um bottom surgery or top surgery or like yeah. i'm like i'm on hormones i take testosterone do you want some like <laughs> yeah exactly i'm not like you are, are i'm not like hey like bud do you think you're a boy or do you think you're a girl like this is not a conversation that is happening absolutely um, wild that people think that's what we're out here doing i know i know like no that's not what's going on <laughs> I'm gonna take your kid. Gonna be farther from the truth. The janitor's closet and stick them with a testosterone needle. That's my whole plan. That's what I want to do. Like, what the fuck? Like, no, no. Like, literally, no. Why do people think this way? I'm very glad that you know work at least went very well for you. I agree. I think it made a big difference. Yeah, I think you know what what happened with you know your family what is happening with your family is being made up for with the kids at work probably mm-hmm. i think that's really 100 nice. i think it makes a huge difference because i have like that support and like people around me like i've gotten on like 
Bumble BFF because <laughs> of you <laughs> um, or like other apps and stuff. And I've found like people that are like trans around me too, that I can talk to in that in the discord, obviously. Yeah. It's really important. So, it's extremely, it really important. is. It uh, makes a big difference. It does. Um, now I want to talk about a little, cause you mentioned in the survey that you took, which I appreciate you taking. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, that, I think it was something along the lines of how you maybe didn't know you were trans until, you know, a little bit later in life and how you had no Mm -hmm. inkling like at all. Right. Until, until you did. Do you want to talk about that? Until I knew. Yeah. Um, so I guess trigger warning, then we should add a trigger warning there. Um, (laughs) um, cause that gets into like talk of trauma and, whatnot so i feel like i've heard the narrative of like i realized i was trans after i went through trauma um quite often um and i think that is 100 valid because you learn a lot after you go through trauma that you do and don't want to learn um however i think that there are people on the wrong side of history um (laughs) that take that out of context and are like so you're just trans because you went through trauma and Mm -hmm. it's really just a mental illness and like, I think that is 100% not what these people are trying to say. Um, I think that they're saying that they learned something about themselves because of something really hard that they went through, which a lot of people learn a lot about themselves when they go through difficult things. Which yeah. is a thing so like it's- <laughs> outside of being trans. Yeah. 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 Are you there? Um, and so that's obviously fucked. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I think my trauma is the opposite experience so like i feel like my trauma was why i didn't realize i was trans for so long Mm. um like like i said i feel like a lot of people have said the opposite but for me it's like why like i very strongly feel like it was why i didn't realize i was trans for so long because i was abused by cis white men for like a really long time in a lot of different ways um for like most of my life i would say like i'm 23 so like half of that i was being abused by cis white men um so that's a long time um and when you were living in fight or flight mode like that you don't have time to think about gender identity friendships relationships i mean anything like i mean i didn't even start like really making friends like minus like one or two until after i got out of my parents house um so like even that like was something i had to learn so like outside of transness like there's other things too but if i can't even i can't even learn how to make friends like i'm not thinking about my gender identity like there's no space for that Mm -hmm. um like i was just focusing on like living um so like (laughs) like like literally the bare minimum Um, on breathing yeah (laughs) yeah like when you're living in fear like that it's just debilitating it wasn't until after i moved out of my parents house that I started to get like my feet back on the ground and started to like kind mm-hmm. of like think about things but not like a whole lot yet mm-hmm. um I put a lot of pressure on myself I feel like a lot of times like on why I didn't know sooner um and I think that is kind of like where shame comes in with everything um like asking myself questions like am I a guy? Cause like, I love when people use he, him pronouns, like a specific memory that stands out for me is like being at the grocery store and like people using he, him or assuming he, him pronouns and me being like big old happy face, like so excited about it. And then like calling my friends and being like, Oh my gosh, like, yeah, 
they just called me he and then they're like why is that exciting like <laughs> and I was just like oh we're not gonna talk about it um so like there was signs and stuff like that but then it would always come back to but I can't be like them so like I could not disconnect the two of like if I'm a guy that makes me like them so like then I was just like I would just shut it down and be like nope like that can't be me um and like I couldn't like live with like the thought of being like them so I was just like I just can't be trans in and like to go back to like if you're being abused by men and then like there's like how you can't like you can only compartmentalize so much as a child or like as a teenager or even as a young adult but like you can only compartmentalize so much like how do you separate those two and i feel like i've even heard like trans men talk about this that like haven't been through trauma like just in general like this one suck like <laughs> like <laughs> so like but especially like going through that type of situation you like like in my head like i did not have like abuse and men separated like they were like congruent so like I was like, if I'm a guy, then that makes me an abuser. Like in my head, like, I feel like that's where my train of thought was. So I was like, I can't be like that. Like, I just can't. And I hadn't had like any representation of like a good ass guy in my life. Like even at school, like I was bullied. Um, I went home. My dad wasn't great. My extended families weren't great either. Like, so I just like, I didn't feel like there was anyone in my life that I looked at that was a guy. And I was like, yeah, I look up to that um so like I just feel like there's no way I could have known um and I think it wasn't until I started to meet some guys that like weren't absolutely awful that I was like oh maybe that means something um <laughs> um and I think I had to work a lot in therapy you asked earlier if I was in therapy I'm like yes I have been for a long time it wasn't until I started to work a lot in therapy that I eventually started to realize that being a guy doesn't mean I'm like them at all mm -hmm. um I eventually started to realize that like I am my own guy and that I'm just like, I'm not who they are. Like, that doesn't make me like them. Um, and something like my therapist has said to me, like, after I'd set all these boundaries and, like, um, had set all these boundaries with, like, this year with my family related to, like, being trans, but also related to the trauma, too, was, like, that kid I met, this is, like, this is something that I feel like made me go like, oh my gosh, you're right. And like made me like destigmatize things more. But she was like, the kid I met at the center all those years ago is so proud and cared for by the, and nurtured by the man you are today. That kid I met has always deserved the type of safety you're providing today. And she's right. Like, mm -hmm. and I think that as trans people, often we give a lot of credit to things that have helped us through our journey. Like we give a lot of credit to top surgery and bottom surgery and binders and hormones and stuff like that and like yes those things are life-saving gender-affirming care but at the end of the day we are the ones who got ourselves there nobody else did that um so I think <laughs> I think that we all put a lot of credit into that and I think we need to put more credit in ourselves because like you don't have to have all of that to be a guy um like you don't need all of that to be a guy like if you say you're a guy you're a guy um and I think that kind of pulls into the trauma is like I was associating a guy with being misogynistic with being mean with being abusive with being hurtful with being cold um and once I was able to like unestablish that I was like oh wow like 
I, I am a guy and like, that's okay. And that doesn't mean I'm like them. And like, that's safe because like, like I said, there was like things like looking back now as a kid that I'm like, okay, like I did cut all my hair off. Um, when I was a kid, like I just took scissors and just cut it all off. Like, um, and like made a comment of like wanting to be a boy. Like, I mean, like I did things like that, but like, I didn't like process in that moment that like, oh, that might be a sign that like I'm trans. And like, I didn't have any awareness of what being trans was either, but like, there was just no room for me to realize that. And like, if you're, if you've gone through that, I think it makes sense because like, why would you want to be like that? Like, that's not a role model you look up to. Yeah. If that makes sense. Oh, 100%. I also, I agree with you. I mean, like I, I relate to you, I guess. I mean, like I, until the age of 16, I didn't know that I was trans. I'd had no like inkling or anything. There was things that happened, obviously, that I've talked about that I should have I should have known, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine um, that hearing other other trans guys or trans women's stories about how they always knew from the age of like three, and that that's a lot mm-hmm. of people's story. A lot of people say that they it knew. Is. I can imagine, and even sometimes. I don't know. I go back and forth on if I really knew or not. I don't think I really knew, but in the back of my head, I knew. I don't know. Subconscious and conscious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can imagine that it's, it can be, it could bring shame to your own transition when you think there's one way to be trans. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, I feel like for a long time, I was like, you can't transition unless you know for sure, or like, or you can't transition, which I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't know before you transition, but I'm saying, cause there's some things you can't go back. From. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, like, I think I was putting too much thought into like what other people thought though. And like, or like who other people were. And I think that kind of goes into the song I share later, but like, I had to ask myself, who do you think you are? Like, because I was focusing on too much. Like I was looking at all the other men in my life and was like, I don't want to be like that though. Like, no, like, but I was like, but I am a guy, but like, I don't want to be like that. Like it was a back and forth, like battle with myself. It's like the devil and the angel on my shoulder. Okay. Um, and I had to be like, who do you think you are? And I'm like, I know I'm a guy. And then it was like, okay, so you know, you're a guy. That doesn't mean you're that guy. Like I had to separate those two. You have to relearn who you are, kind of. Exactly. And relearn what a man is. And yeah. That's, that's that is not a man. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's that's a very hard thing to do, I think, with society. Mm-hmm. And it's not even. I mean, it is. It's one hundred percent how typically how cis men are and what they do and how they mm-hmm. treat women and all those things. It's that, but it's also how society views them for those actions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, definitely. And I, I think, I don't know. I think every trans guy has to reevaluate what being a man is because of how mm-hmm. society views men. And like for me, I think for a long time, I, throughout my transition, I. It's going to be a weird sentence, (laughs) but I defined, and I hated this. It made me really dysphoric, but I defined a man as, you know, genitals. And Mm -hmm. that hurt my transition in so many ways until I had to realize, relearn that, okay, what is a man? Matt Walsh, what what is being a man? Uh, But 
yeah, I had to relearn that. And as soon as, you know, you realize that there's no, I don't know what the word is, but like, there's no actual way to be a man. Everybody is their own fucking person. There's no one way to be a woman. There's no one way to be Mm -hmm. a man. And like, and I hear you, like if you were surrounded by abusive men your entire life, I couldn't imagine. And I know I say this all the time, guys, but my God, that is how you know the shit is not a choice. Like, yes, yeah, like, <laughs> literally, like, because <laughs> I hear um, you. Like, why? Why would you want to be like any of those men in your life? You know what I mean? Like, you didn't choose exactly. this. You just know you um, are, and you're a better man. You know what I mean? Thank you. I agree. <laughs> um, no, definitely. I was gonna say something, and I'm trying to remember what it was now. What? Off of what you had just said but I don't remember. It's okay. Welcome to That's unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) This is my life every day. If I had a dollar for every time I said I forgot or what was I going to say, I would be like a rich guy. Um, (laughs) Like seriously, it's so often. (laughs) Honestly, I was going to say, dude, you should have your own podcast. Like you, you are with it, bro. You get it. I'm glad (laughs) because I was a little worried. No, dude, you're, you're very good at like, giving a language to your feelings and expressing yourself and knowing it's therapy. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say it's probably years of therapy. <laughs> it's the therapy. It really is. <laughs> um, it was around like you had said like the shame or like, I guess that's what it was. It was like, I was like, I can't transition while I am still viewing men in this light, I guess. Like, which I mean, I still say all the time, like, fuck this men, this men suck. Like, yes, but like on a deeper level, I, even though it's true, but like, <laughs> um, I can't think about it too often. Like, I mean, I think about it in like an advocating type of way, yes, but like deep in my soul, like where I used to think about it, like how I used to think about it, I think I was like, I can't transition and still view all men like this because if I do, I'm viewing myself in that way. And like, if I'm viewing myself in that way, then like, there's an issue there. Like I can't view myself as like a misogynistic, like abusive person. Like, and that's like how I was viewing all men. So I was like, I can't say I'm a guy and view all men like that, even mm. though a lot of men are like that. But like, yeah, I yeah. say, I say fuck cis men. I hate cis men all the time on this yeah. podcast. And I'm like, <laughs> I know. I'm like, somebody's going to come for me with, with that one day. Like somebody's going to get mad at me for saying that one day. And like, nah. I don't know. I think, I don't think I would care very much if somebody did say something because, like, sorry, but they, like, out of everybody on planet Earth, like, they are the problem. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. Do a survey. Yeah. Do a survey. I mean, it's just, look, when I say fuck cis men, I am fully aware that it is not all cis men. Yes. I have. But. There's a but. But. I mean, I don't know. I think. A cis man who knows that cis men are the problem is the right cis man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, one hundred percent. Like, and able to even as a trans man, able to being able to realize your privilege too, because that's the thing too is like, especially once you start to pass and stuff, there is a privilege to that. There is more of a sense of safety when you're walking outside, and I think there's an obligation on our side as people who do have the life experience of an AFAB person, because like, or that's how I view it. As like, I do still have those life experiences. I realize not everyone like wants to think about that and that's totally fine like it's your life Mm -hmm. but like that is still like 
I still have those experiences. So like when I'm outside, like walking out of the grocery store and it's dark outside and I see that there's a girl that looks pretty anxious right now because like I'm walking behind her, I switch sides. It's not that hard. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like you can think about those things for five seconds and think about the people around you and how you can make them feel more comfortable. Like, so I feel like as trans men, it's still like our responsibility to do that, make those choices too, because we know we have that lived experience. I mean, depending on when you transition, maybe, but like, for me, I, I, you know, I have that lived experience. I know what that's like. Sure. Um, yeah. So no, that's a good point. I do feel like that's a good way to put it. I've always felt that, but I feel like I couldn't mm-hmm. put it to words that like, I, I feel like I have a responsibility to be a better man than mm-hmm. what I've seen in society. 100%. And, and I think we do. Cause yeah. like, yeah, I think we set like, the example for men at this point because like (laughs) i mean yeah the bar is pretty low so yeah the bar it really is um okay so we're gonna take a hard turn here in this i I was about to say where are we turning to now (laughs) i don't i don't really know how to transition into this topic in a smooth way so i'm just gonna call it as it is it's we're making a hard turn right now trigger warning um you know in your survey we talked or you talked a a lot about how eating disorders and dysmorphia are kind of a common theme within trans people um Mm -hmm. and i found that to be really interesting because i don't think i ever knew that uh i don't and i don't understand it because i haven't struggled with it myself and therefore Mm -hmm. i feel like I can't talk about it and bring knowledge to it uh and you said that you may have some knowledge on it so if you don't mind if you want to share and educate me a little and anybody listening (laughs) on that subject that would be great but also again trigger warning uh and hard left turn (laughs) in the episode (laughs) (laughs) but yeah if you want to do that that straight into it yeah yeah um so well, first of all, I want to say I'm not, I'm like speaking from personal experience. I'm not a therapist or a dietitian or like a trained professional. So I'm speaking from personal experience. Um, and I mean, I'll talk some about like general experiences I've heard other people say, cause like, I do think my experience is a little bit different in some ways. Um, so I kind of want to validate that, but speaking from experience, like I've struggled with an eating disorder for like a good portion of like my high school, young adult years. Um, but it was at its worst in 2020. I was honestly on like my deathbed. Um, I had struggled with anorexia, which is like a restrictive food intake disorder. So like not eating enough, um, not eating enough, but also like it is like more categorized by like how you view your body. Um, and like body dysmorphia is like associated with that. Um, and it had gone really bad to a point where I had to like seek help from like a treatment center because like I needed to get my weight up and I couldn't do that on my own um and after I left there like that was a really great experience I think that was honestly like a first time that I had also met some guys that were actually like good decent human beings like the kind of men that were like cis men suck like and I was like wow like and so I think that kind of ties into what we talked about earlier too but um I think I was so blindsided by my eating disorder and by my trauma that I just was not aware that like my hatred towards my body was related to being trans. Um, And honestly, I wasn't even in 2020, I wasn't educated enough on transness. Um, And so like, cause even 
then like the people that I like quote unquote aspired to be in my head were men. Um, but <laughs> I just didn't process it. I wasn't like, huh, you know, I do want to look like these men. Maybe that has something to do with this. Um, yeah. so while I was in treatment, um, or when I, after I left treatment, I was doing really good at staying on track and stuff. Like I was eating just enough to like maintain a healthy weight. Um, but I still had a really negative connotation on my body. I didn't understand what I was doing wrong. Like I was like, I'm in therapy. I'm trying to do like positive things for myself and like affirm myself in my body and whatnot. But I was working on myself under the connotation or assumption that I had body dysmorphia and body dysmorphia is different from gender dysphoria, which I wasn't aware what gender dysphoria is. And I think it wasn't talked about as much then, or at least where I was, I was unaware of it. I honestly, I feel like this is silly, but I feel like TikTok has educated me on a lot. <laughs> um, to be honest, like, it, I, it sounds silly, but like, <laughs> it's true. Like me too. I learned yeah. so much more on TikTok than I ever did in school. So, yeah. So yeah. like, um, I'll kind of get into that in a little bit, but like, I just like, I was working on myself under the assumption that like, I just hated my chest and like my stomach and like my thighs and my arms, like, but specifically like the parts about them that made me look feminine in my eyes, like, but I wasn't connecting those pieces. So I was just like, I just have body dysmorphia and this fucking sucks. And like, nothing seems to be getting better. Um, and like body dysmorphia for like those who don't know, like the like technical term for it is like being extremely preoccupied with a perceived flaw in your appearance that others can't see or like that don't appear to others. So like, let's say like maybe you're stick thin but like and other people see that but to you you might think you're overweight like would just be an example or like maybe you think that your thighs are huge but like in reality they're not would just be like an example um of body dysmorphia whereas like the technical term for gender dysphoria which we all kind of know is like distress that occurs from incongruence between like biological sex characteristics and your gender identity so like I personally, like my experience is that I wasn't aware of what gender dysphoria was. I thought I had just had, I say just, eating disorders are super serious, no matter rather not you're trans. But like, I thought I just had an eating disorder. I didn't know that like my transness was connected to it or like that I was even trans to be frank. So like, even though like I was doing really good with my eating, I was still struggling with it up until like February of 2023. I just wouldn't call it an eating disorder anymore. At that point, I would have said it was like disordered eating. Like I was still engaging in like unhealthy habits and stuff, but I wasn't like, I wasn't underweight. I wasn't dying. It wasn't like constantly on my mind, um, but it was still a big problem. And I like, it wasn't until like February, I would say, kind of like when I when I realized I was trans basically when in my head I was like no longer subconsciously like I had been subconsciously thinking about it for a while but when I was consciously like yes I'm trans what are we gonna do about it like um was when I was like it just clicked in my head and I was like oh shit like oh shit that's why I have this these eating issues like when I was like in my head what was going on in my head when I was like engaging in these behaviors and like not eating enough and working out too much was like I wanted my chest to be smaller but like no matter how small I got it wasn't gonna fucking disappear like I mean your body doesn't work like that like um I might have gotten close but like mm. it's not gonna fix it you know like you can't get rid of all those things by just not eating um but like I just thought like if I just keep going then eventually it'll be gone um and then by that point by the time I got there I was just sucked into like the consistency of like eating disordered behaviors like if that makes sense um and so 
when I realized that it was like a flip switch. I was like, I remember I was like looking in a mirror and I was like, holy shit, like all the things I've struggled with with my eating are around like the feminine parts of me. Like I remember like being a teenager and being like, oh, like mom, does this shirt like extenuate my chest? Like, and just being like this number, like all the time, right? Which I feel like we all relate to, right? Um, and being like, what's going on right now? Um, and I just, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know why I didn't process it then. Like, why I wasn't like, dude, it's literally your chest. Like, you know, like, yeah. why do you have such a big issue with this, right? right. Um, and like my hips, it was where like you have curves, which is like more feminine. Like, and I like just was looking in the mirror and I was like, oh my gosh, like all of the things that I like have struggled with with my like eating disorder were related to gender dysphoria it wasn't body dysmorphia which for people it can be both like there are plenty of trans people i know that have have both body dysmorphia and gender dysphoria for me though once i realized i was trans it was like a flip switch like i well once i started hormones i guess i mean i still struggled with my eating some but once i started hormones like i haven't had a single like disordered eating thought i haven't had like any like I haven't engaged in anything that's unhealthy for my body since starting hormones which is not everyone's experience and I will speak on that some in a little bit but um I just think it's crazy um and I think that there's not it's not spoken about enough in schools in eating disorder centers and also like that's the thing too is if you do know you're trans and you have an eating disorder which is like a common occurrence um then like it's hard to like depending on where you're at, like to find somewhere that is like going to be gender affirming treatment. Like, is this place going to be accepting? And if it's not, then a lot of people don't seek out treatment because it's just going to make their eating disorder worse if they go somewhere that's not accepting. Mm -hmm. So there's also like accessibility that's like, um, respectful, I guess. Um, so that's an issue too, but, um, I honestly think where I went, like they would have been accepting, but I just didn't know then. Um, but I've heard a lot of AFAB and like trans and non-binary people talk about like previous struggles with eating disorders. And it often revolves around like changing the parts of your body that you don't like. Right. Which adds up with like gender dysphoria. Um, And I think that it just goes to show how important it is. Let's talk about it more. Cause if it, if, if gender dysphoria was talked about more, if I had realized that I had gender dysphoria in 2020, or even before that, I don't think that my eating disorder would have gotten as bad as it did. I think that we could have gotten like a handle on it. And like, like I said, I did almost die. My heart stopped. Um, it was not fun. Um, Man, dude, I'm sorry. So like, yeah. Um, it must have been and It was. Um, and so like, I think like, that could have been prevented. And I think there's a lot of people out there that still really struggle with eating disorders and are trans. And like that could have, you could have prevented getting into that cycle, getting out of the cycle is a really hard process um, from a trans relation. And just even if you're not trans. So like, I think in schools, like how important it could be for them to talk more about gender dysphoria and what that is and for kids to be educated on that about themselves or like if they don't struggle with it, then that's fine, but just be educated on it. And for like clinicians to be more educated on it, because like how much help more help could I have had in treatment than if they had known like, Oh, like, Hey, this might actually be gender dysphoria, not body dysmorphia. Um, like that makes a big difference in how, like how you'd go about treatment because it's not that I just hated my body because of like an ideal that I had in my head or something. It was because it wasn't the right body. Um, 
mm-hmm. and um a lot of people's like I said earlier that my experience is that once I started hormones that like my thoughts went away thus far at least um on it that is not I wouldn't say that's a common experience. Um, I think a lot of people, it might even get worse. Um, and that from what I've seen people talk about and stuff, because it's like, you can, especially with like, in terms of, I've heard a lot about, in terms of like top dysphoria, you know, if you lose weight, you can lose weight there. Um, and so I feel like that's a common occurrence. And I feel like if gender Herman care was more accessible, um, obviously, like that's not a surprise but if it was more accessible than um maybe people would like not feel the need to engage in like eating disorder stuff mm-hmm. as much or like wouldn't struggle with that as much or would be able to get help with it easier because they'd have access to that and they wouldn't feel like they have to do these things that harm themselves so that they can feel better about their body mm-hmm. um and i think that's pretty fucked um and you're gonna say something <laughs> i'm thinking about how when you start testosterone, mm-hmm. you get hungry a lot, mm-hmm. and it changes your eating habits a lot. It does. Do you think that helped you or harmed you? And do you think maybe it helps or harms other people who start testosterone? Who have I think I will say, like, I did have a lot of anxiety about it when I first started testosterone. When I started getting hungry, at least, I was like, oh, my God, I'm eating so much food. Um, but also I had stopped. So I have ADHD. Um, I literally have like three vivid toys. I've been like, <laughs> dude, it's totally fucking fine. With the whole time. It's totally oh. fine. Last, last episode, I was squeezing one so hard that it popped all over me during the episode. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, I dropped one on the ground earlier, but it's fine. Um, I was like, I'll just grab the other ones I brought over. Um, anyway, so like I have ADHD and I was also on ADHD meds prior to starting testosterone and I actually had to stop them when I started testosterone because the two together were making my blood pressure too high um and so that ADHD meds suppress your appetite is just a side effect fun fact um so I stopped that and I started testosterone at the same time so I was really hungry like I was actually probably under eating like but not intentionally like prior to starting testosterone Mm. um just because like i don't i have a hard time telling when my body's hungry it's it's an adhd thing um (laughs) and so i just like am not super connected to my body and so um when i started testosterone like between both of those i was so hungry like i was eating like so much more like i can't even put it into perspective how much more i was eating but that was stressful for me at first or anxiety provoking because i was like oh my gosh am i gonna gain a bunch of weight and like those thoughts kind of popped back because even though like at the end of the day, I do think my eating disorder was like very tied into my transness and the fact that I wasn't addressing it for so long, rather I realized it subconsciously or not. Mm-hmm. Once I fell into the eating disorder, it was a mixture of the trans related things and also just like the obsessive factors around like eating, like you just become obsessed with it and then it's like, you can't do anything about it. Like, um, or you feel like you can't do anything about it. Um, and so I was pretty stressed. I was pretty anxious. And I would imagine that would be a lot of people's experiences if they struggled with eating beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it helped too, though, because, which 
I mean, that might be that. And it might also be like the fact that I was injected with such a high dose, but, um, but like I have experienced like some body fat redistribution, not like a lot, but I have experienced some. And I think that has helped a lot too, because like my disordered thoughts were around like, um, obviously like the more parts of me that I viewed as like feminine. Um, but yeah, I think that that definitely played a part in it because I was like, Mm. why am I eating so much? Like that's scary. (laughs) Like, and and testosterone um, makes you gain weight. Like it does. And it does. And I saw that. And I think I had to like, I did have to work some on myself and be like, it's just a fucking number. And like, also like i did know going into it like that that might happen i told myself that and i gained like 10 pounds i think after i started testosterone i haven't gained anything since then and i like honestly i love my body so i'm like i'm vibing um um yes so like i love that for me so like i have thankfully had a good experience i want to say like that might not i know that's not everybody's experience i have had like friends that i've talked to on this that haven't had that experience um and like to put in perspective too, because like earlier you said like you don't know much on it. Um, I like brought up some statistics too. So like NIDA is like the National Eating Disorder Association, mm-hmm. um, and they got together with the Trevor Project, which I'm sure you're familiar with, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and to do a national assessment amongst like LGBTQ plus youth and young adults, so like um, 13 to 24, I think was the age range that they did. Um, and the studies reported that 71% of transgender respondents who identify, I don't know why they add the identified as straight, because I don't know why it's relevant, but um, <laughs> they're like 71% of transgender respondents who identified as straight have been diagnosed with an eating disorder. 71%. That is um, wild. And that's like from one assessment, of course, like it's not like the whole world engaged in that assessment, but 71% of the respondents that did do it, yeah it's wild and with anorexia being the most common in the majority so anorexia is like restrictive food intake disorder and to add on to that the majority they didn't give a statistic for this part but the majority of those was trans men and non-binary individuals Mm -hmm. um and like i don't think that surprises me because i've seen a lot talk about it and that's what i'm mostly speaking on because i can't speak on like the trans woman experience Mm because i'm not a trans woman so i wouldn't want to miseducate um but I think it says a lot about how much pain that individuals, trans individuals go through because they don't have access to gender affirming care or aren't aware of what gender dysphoria is. Um, yeah. And it's not 71%. It's no, it's not talked about. I never knew that. I've never, I've never thought about that. I like, that is, that is news to me. And like from someone who hasn't experienced that kind of pain I, because I gained weight, you know, after starting testosterone and I never had an eating disorder. I never like struggled Mm -hmm. with my weight. I didn't have dysmorphia, I don't think. Um, And when I started gaining weight on testosterone, I joke about it a lot, but like, it's not easy to, to see your body change like that. And for me to have a hard time with that and to think of somebody who has an eating disorder and has to go through mm-hmm. all that pain, that is like, that's some real shit is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like that's- Definitely. And like I said, I, I don't feel like my experience is the common experience. I think 
a lot of people still struggle with it after like starting testosterone or whatever hormones are starting or aren't starting if they're just transitioning in general like obviously you don't have to medically transition to transition um so like i feel like a lot of people like i don't know on tiktok on youtube like i've seen people talk about it and like it still be a continuous struggle with them until they're able to get like further gender affirming care like top surgery or whatever it's like top surgery is a big one i see um, or start hormones and have fat body fat redistribution um and so like, some of these people still continue to struggle with it for years um even after the realization because they can't cope with it and i just don't i think it's not fair <laughs> yeah <I'm> not <laughs> like we just shouldn't have to like i feel like it should be so much more accessible i feel like it shouldn't have to cost as much as it does because it's it's literally like a necessity to life it is no different than mental like which i don't like connecting it to mental health because people take that out of context but like mm. it's similar okay look like the way it connects to mental health is the suicide rate like i don't have where i got the statistics from so don't shoot me but like i know like statistically speaking like i think it was last year like 75 percent of trans people thought of suicide or that were in a survey or attempted so like that's a big ass number um mm -hmm. so like if you could do something to prevent that wouldn't you like why why wouldn't you and a lot of people think that the answer is not to give gender affirming care, but it's like conversion therapy where it's like, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just wild to me. Yeah. Like, how do you think that's going to help anybody, anyone? This is why gender affirming care is. Literally important. so important. Yeah. And, and not only gender affirming care, but just fucking talking about shit like this. exactly just talking about it letting people be aware because if i had known sooner which i'm not saying if i was a teenager and i found out that i could have done jack shit about it because i literally kind of not in my parents house but like <laughs> at least if i'd known about it i could have known that the second i moved out i could have started making like those changes or like adjustments or like whatever which i don't regret like honestly like I don't regret my experiences that I had been through or how long it took me to realize I was trans. Like, would my life have been a hell of a lot easier? Like, obviously 100%. But I think, and I think someone said this on here like a while back, like I'm thankful for being trans. I think that I have like the experiences that I do for a reason. I think that maybe my story helps somebody and I think that makes everything worth it. 100% because you know what? At the end of the day, we are all we have because the mm -hmm. world is not on our side us as trans people no, have definitely to, not yeah we have to diagnose ourselves and like figure out our own mental health like yes you can go to therapy you can go to gender therapy you can whatever but at the end of the day like some people can't too you know what i mean like it's exactly a lot of people can't it's all about figuring this out for ourselves and the more people who figure it out for themselves can help others and i think that's why this shit is so important to talk about because there's so many kids out there too who are struggling with their gender identity just like you and I were and they have no fucking clue that they even are and if somebody is just like hey like this is a thing mm -hmm. one kid could be like oh my god and it could save them a lifetime of pain you know what I mean exactly and that's why like I think representation is so important because like also like I work with kids I work with autistic kids specifically and also there's like a high overlap which Anthony talked about this but there's overlap between like the trans community and the autistic community um and i work with autistic kids and like i work with kids in general and like to me the way i view it with like the whole situation with parents i was like worst case scenario 
a parent has a really big issue with it and like they move to another team because i know my like job was like they were very much like look these are his pronouns the name they weren't like you cannot use it they were like they they presented it as like this is not an option like this is gonna happen like but we want to make y'all aware which yeah. is good that's how it should be presented um yeah but like um i was like best case scenario um one of these kids later on in life starts to think about or realize that maybe they're trans and they're non-binary or whatever and maybe they look back and they're like, there was that one person that worked with me. Like there was that one teacher that was kind of looking this way and then started looking this way and they changed their name. And maybe that's what they were, you know, and maybe their parents are more educated and maybe their parents are like, oh, this isn't like, which I love drag. So like, don't even get me started on that. But like, but people get it confused though. And they're like, I feel like they picture just like a guy in a dress or a girl in guy's clothes. And like, that's not what it is. Um, so I feel like they also like, maybe the parents have representation of like, like, I think I'm a good person personally. So like, <laughs> I feel like the parents can look back and be like, there was that one guy and like, he was really great and he was cool. And like, he seems so much happier and more confident in himself afterwards. Like, could that be what's in store for my kid? Like, so to me, I'm like the representation of that and working with kids is so important because like, and working with autistic kids at that, like maybe, and maybe none of them turn out trans, that's fine, obviously. Like, <laughs> I'm not like saying like, mm -hmm. these kids need to be trans. Like, I'm just saying though, like if one of the like, even like the other 50 kids at the center still saw my transition and still like were aware that my name changed, there just wasn't a conversation to be had with them about it. Like, um, cause I don't work with them directly, but they all saw it. Um, so like if that can make one of them feel more comfy talking to a parent in the future or like for a parent having more understanding, then I think that's 100% worth it. Yeah. And you know, we didn't have that when, and exactly before us did not have that. that. And if we did, it would have changed a lot. I'm sure. 100%. I agree. I appreciate you sharing all that with me. First of all, I want to <laughs> say I know that stuff is really not easy to talk about, talk about, especially in front of everybody who's going to listen to this and whatnot. So thank Back. you for being vulnerable with me. I know that was probably hard. Um, but you sharing your story means the world to me, especially. And I know it means the world to a lot of people listening. So you should be proud of yourself. Thank um, you. That being said, Trans Song of the Week. I'm excited about this one with you because I feel like yes. you, you went in. You went hard for this. I was excited about this one. <laughs> so my favorite song is Who Do You Think You Are by the band Camino. Uh, I sent Cody lyrics last night um, because I'm extra. Um, <laughs> and I really like the song. And so the song is called Who Do You Think You Are? And it says, when you look at me in the mirror, you're getting hard to recognize. And I feel like that's like me talking to myself, being like, looking in the mirror, like it's hard to recognize myself because I don't, my body's not matching my, mm -hmm. my brain, um, obviously. Yeah. And it's like, girls don't know you're just a guy. And obviously like I had friends, I still have friends that are girls. And I feel like that was always my experience of being like, mm. I'm just a guy, like just, <laughs> like, just get it. Yeah. Um, I like when it says like, why do I feel different? I'm not any different. Cause like, I feel like we all have an experience like in social, like social dysphoria and stuff, like feeling like you're different, but you're, you're not like you're, you're the same, but you just feel like something's different. You're just hard on yourself. Right. Um, I think my favorite lyrics is like, cause I knew who you were back at the start. Now, who do you think you are? Um, because it's like, even though like I didn't consciously know as a child, like, I feel like subconsciously a part of me, like, knew something wasn't right, just didn't know what it was. Right. So, like, I don't know, that lyric is, like, my favorite. It says it so many times in the song. It's, like, um, 
like who do you think you are like i knew you were back at the start so like i'm just like oh that part makes me like happy because i relate to it i love that um is this like so is this song about being trans or does it no, it's not. Meaning? It's just a song. I don't know what the meaning of the song is, but it like one hundred percent sounds like it's about being trans. Like it does. That's what, what I'm saying. Me. It's like, like I miss the innocent kid from Memphis that you used to be because I knew who you were back at the start. So it's like literally talking about like missing like this kid, and I feel like I relate to that because I'm like, I do and I don't because like I didn't have a great childhood. Obviously, we've established that, but um, like, <laughs> but like still though, like there's like still an innocence to an extent maybe of being a child that I did have a little bit of experience with. And I feel like I want that back in a way. So like, but like to go back and be like, this is who you are. Like everything's going to be okay. So anyways, but like I said, favorite lyric is like, I know who you are back at the start. Who do you think you are? That's awesome. That sounds like a really cool message too for trans people. I agree. I agree. It's a great song. I listened to it. I highly recommend everybody check it out. And thank you for sharing that yes. with us. I appreciate it. They have a lot of good songs. Period. I'm going to check them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should. Where do you want people to follow you, Max? Um, My Instagram is... I'm going to spell it out because it's a little weird. But like it's I-I-T underscore S Max. It's Max. Um, it's and then TikTok is Max4780. I had like two videos, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, I literally don't care that much, but <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely follow Max uh, and make sure you follow me at HRT Podcast on TikTok and Instagram. I post every single day. Uh, Discord, please join. I would very much appreciate it. Max has been in the Discord since the very start, and yes, look where he lives now. So proof <laughs> that the Discord is good for you. Um, Patreon. Uh, I just shot an episode yesterday that is really, really cool, and it's going to come out soon, and I have a little funny bloopers from that. Um, This episode, actually, I'm sure I'm going to take parts out and put it onto Patreon, too, since this one's a little longer. Um, so <laughs> really, <laughs> so if you're interested in that, make sure you subscribe to me on Patreon. I actually have content on there, and I work really hard at it so i would appreciate it go watch thank you um and yeah that's about it make sure you subscribe to me on here i drop videos every tuesday and max thank you so much for being on i think this was a very informative uh episode and i'm really glad that we had to do this i've been wanting to get you on for a while so this was great (laughs) thank you all right guys i will see you next week bye